Welcome back to our hyphen with Sherelle and Shade. What exactly does our hyphen represent, you may ask? The hyphen is the punctuation that is used to separate your date of birth and your date of transition from this life to the next. It's reflective of your journey. Our hyphen is inclusive of good times, challenging times, moments of reflection, moments of realization, laughter, tears, all of the things that we experience as we journey through life. These are the conversations we started in 2020 on the living room sofa that led to some of the most transformational experiences of our lives. This is a judgment-free zone. Because every day we are growing and evolving. Your Your life, life, your hyphen. Welcome back to our hyphen with Sherelle and Shade. We have a special guest with us today. But hold up, let me say this. We have merch on sale. So please go and visit us. Visit our merch store. It's on our IG page. Um, and it's also on our personal page and on our hyphen. Yep. But we have a special guest today. It is my pleasure to introduce my godmother, our cousin, a part of the Trent clan. Elder Rosina Jackson. Row, row. Hello, hello. <laughs> Elder Rosina Jackson is an anointed teacher, psalmist, and author. As a teacher, she strives to bring clarity of the word of God to the body of Christ in order that people can grow and come to a place of maturity. As a psalmist and worshiper, she loves ushering in the presence of the Lord through song and ministering before the throne of God. She is also the author of Infusions of Inspiration, an inspirational devotion written to inspire the body of Christ to tap into the greatness of God on the inside of them. Rosina is the mother of two beautiful daughters and the proud, gran- and the proud, proud grandmother of one. Rosina was licensed as a minister in July of 2000 at Greater Anointing evangelistic ministries under Pastor James Davis Jr. and ordained as an elder under Capital City Ministries in August of 2002 under Apostle Frank Dalton. She is an associate minister at Center Union Baptist Church, where she is currently serving as our interim pastor. So everyone, welcome Elder Rosina Jackson. Row, row. Thank you. How are you? I am good, a little nervous, but I'm good. Glad to be here. Oh, it's so funny to see you roll nervous. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny to see you roll nervous. I am. I'm sweating over here. <laughs> you in good company, you'll be fine. Just fine. <clears throat> so we definitely wanted to have you on because when we talk about our spirituality and the idea of like just gaining a wider perspective on God and what it means to have a relationship with God. Like you were definitely one of those people that helped us so much, like on the phone nights, having sleepovers at your house, we sitting in the floor, just talking and you never like passed judgment or made us feel bad or like we were far away from the mark or anything like that. So you have definitely been such a, an important part of both of our journeys. So thank you for that. And we had to have you on. Yes. You are one of my spiritual mentors. Um, In addition to my godmother, you helped me to reset in my in in all aspects of my life. You helped me. You helped me to understand that 
it's okay to worship God and have fun mm -hmm. at the same time. You have that relationship with him, not, yeah. you know, be fearful right. of him. So. Well, I appreciate that. I appreciate the both of you as well, because I know you all have helped me a lot, too, well, even in my growth and being open minded and stuff. So I appreciate that as well. Would you I, like to elaborate on yeah. that? I'm sorry. Elaborate. <clears throat> How have we helped you grow? Well, um, seeing things from because I grew I've always been in church my whole life. So. My path, my journey with the Lord has been something I treasure. Um, but just hanging around you all, y'all keep me young for one thing. <laughs> and then just getting a different perspective on things as, and you know, just how you all see things. It helps to open my eyes too, because sometimes we can be closed minded when we have our certain beliefs. And so just being in a place where you can be open minded to to other people's perspectives and stuff. It helps you to, you know, to walk in a full, a fuller, in a fuller relationship with the Lord when you're open-minded to how other people see things. Mm -hmm. So that's how you all have helped me. And we feel the same. And when you talk about like being in church, we all grew up in it. Well, you know, we came behind you, but the same home church. So we had like similar experiences in that. What was it like in terms of you know, growing up and how the idea of God and relationship versus religion, like what was that like for you? Well, I think growing up in church, like I said, I've been in, the, I've been in church my whole life. But when I got to a certain place when I was young, I was young, I was married, but I felt like it was more to God than what I was getting. And I wanted the more, mm -hmm. but I felt like I wasn't getting it where I was. So I had to go out and find it. And so um, just my my seeking, wanting to seek God and know him more just caused me to go on a path that the average traditional, you know, person doesn't really leave their church. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, my generation, my mom's generation, they've been in the same church their whole life. And for you to leave your church and go somewhere else, you know, that was like taboo. That's not something mm -hmm. that you do. But because I wanted God, I wanted to, I wanted more of God and I had to find him. That's what caused my, that, that's what started my journey actually to seek to, you know, a closer relationship with him because I wanted more of him. And so just going out and seeking him in different places and experiencing things that I would have never experienced if I stayed where I was. So that's how my journey started. Mm. Can I answer your question? Mm -hmm. okay. I'm just thinking how you bring up such an important point of like when you receive that nudge to move. I mean, in this instance, we're talking about, you know, going to a different church. And, you know, for some of us, it's going to be like moving away from the uh, state or like anything that you feel like you're being called to do and how initially it's so uncomfortable. But like now you have ventured out so that now you can bring back to the people that are still there. You can bring back what you've gotten because you were bold enough to venture out. Mm -hmm. So like it's such a full circle moment because now you're back, but now you bring such a, I don't know, a, like a different experience to what we've all been used to in terms of church, like church, 
in the traditional sense can be like very mundane and you know you go in all right we're gonna have to open this election then we're gonna have prayer but like you get up in the pulpit and like your energy is always on a thousand and it makes you excited to like experience god mm-hmm. well you know the funny thing is because i grew up in church i didn't even realize that i didn't know i didn't even know i was saved until i left the church I grew up in. Well, you got to explain that. Nobody really explained what salvation was. Mm. Growing up in church, you know, you get to a certain age and they tell you, you go sit on the morning bench and you wait for the preacher to come down. And if you feel something or you just take the preacher's hand and that's what they taught you, you know, you were supposed to do. Nobody explained to me about having faith in what Christ did for us. Mm. Nobody did that. It was only till I went to another church and I went to um, a co-worker of mine was getting baptized and she invited me to her baptism. And I went to that church and the preacher um, asked the question at the end of his sermon, if you were to die today, are you 100% sure you will go to heaven? Mm. And I sat there and I was like, I don't know that for sure. And my thought was, you can't know that for sure, you know, because it's like I'm supposed to go to church and be as good as I can be. And hopefully I'll make it in. Mm-hmm. But this Spanish lady, I went up to the front because I wanted to know the answer to that question. And she sat down with me and opened up the Bible and actually went through scriptures during the service and showed me where the what the Bible said. Mm about salvation. Nobody had ever done that for me in all my years. And here I am, 20 some years old, married and got a child. And I was in church my whole life and did not know if I was saved or not. And I'm sitting here like, I didn't know that when I when I went, I mean, just to just now, this now. <laughs> I remember it was one like baptism was one of those things where you it's like it was like having to talk, so to say, like at a certain age, you started seeing your peers go up to get baptized. And you knew like at a certain point I was going to have to do like I remember I was I had anxiety back then. So I waited to after church. I was like, All right, I'm ready to get baptized. <laughs> so <laughs> then I just like got baptized. And it was kind of like one of those things where you did that. Because you wanted to go to heaven, but like you saying, I didn't even know what that meant. I just right. knew, oh, I got dipped, so I guess I'll see everybody in heaven. Saying, you know, we'd be back together again and whenever that happens. Baptism happened. has nothing to do with your <clears throat> salvation. Baptism is really just an act mm-hmm. that, you know, it's a symbolic act. Because you're saved, you do it because it's a public confession. Right. It really, you know, and because that was one of the things I thought, too, you know, you come to church, you know, you do stuff, you try to be good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you get baptized and you hope you do all those things. Hopefully, you know, by the, the hair of your chinny chin chin, you're going to make it in. Checking the boxes. Right. Exactly. And mm-hmm. that's what we do. And that's what I grew up doing, thinking I had, you know, do all these certain things and hopefully you know, when he called my name, mm-hmm. I'll make it in. But I would rather live having a, an assurance that heaven is my home than trying to do things and hoping I get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's how I was living. And so once I once and that's what got me really started on my journey. Once I was like, Lord, it's got to be more to you yeah. than just this coming to church thing that we're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Sun and, and at that time, it wasn't even every Sunday because our church didn't even meet every Sunday. Mm. So we met once a month. Oh, wow. <laughs> that was the only time you got some of God right. was wow. on four Sundays. But yeah. And then I also remember at a certain point, like church, <laughs> church almost became just the passageway to getting to Grandma Charlotte House. Everybody getting together, <laughs> talking at the church, eating. It's kind of like, all right, I got to sit here for two or three. Mm -hmm. that was, that's when church was a long. Yes. Yeah. And don't let wait. you have a second service. Oh Lord. Who? But it's kind of yeah. But it's kind of like just going through the motions. Yeah, he the pastor's preaching. We singing the song. All right, where we at on the program? I right, almost time to go to Grandma Charlotte's house and be with family and the cousins and eat. And so I like much like you're saying, I didn't understand why we had to do this thing. Right. But it was like that checklist to get into heaven. Like all right, I went to church this Sunday. I guess I'm good. And that's what religion is. Mm -hmm. Right. When you just have a bunch of rules that you follow, just so, so you can say, you know, I did this, that makes me right. You know, I did this, and we kind of um, use our rules as a means of our righteousness. Mm. And so... That's good. We gonna miss it. <laughs> <clears throat> you know what I mean? We gonna miss it if we are constantly following a set of rules and we don't have a relationship. And see, that's how I look at religion versus relationship. I look at religion as being our plan because religion is really man-made. Mm -hmm. And I look at relationship as that's God's plan. Mm -hmm. So for me, growing up in the church, basically you just learn God on Sunday. And Sunday, as PD says, Sunday is not enough. It's not enough. Um, and very thankful for you being able to go out and gain that knowledge, skills, and ability, and the wisdom, and to bring it back to your home church because it's truly helped me. Um, because I can't remember when I was a child because I was getting of age, it was time for me to go up mm -hmm. and get baptized. So that's why I made sure, you know, I'm not gonna lie, me and some of my family, we had words back and forth about, mm -hmm. they telling me it's time for Jay to go up. And I was like, no, it's not time for him to go up. You know, so I had that talk with him and made sure. And that's why, too, I got rebaptized. Mm -hmm. um, so you going out and bringing that back has truly helped me. Just like I was taught that you don't dance in church. You don't do all that movement. You know, none of that. You sat there. But if you go back to the Bible, what did David do? Uh, please. Dance. dance out his clothes or shoes or something. Mm -hmm. You know, and <clears throat> at one point in time, and I think I'm skipping going over to another topic, but I realized that. People didn't don't go to church or didn't go to church to hear the word because you can ask people what was the church about. I don't know, don't go but they church. can tell you what Jane Doe, Joseph Rowe had on, mm -hmm. and and that bothers me because now that I have been exposed to something different, they look at me as the outcast. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? Like I don't care when. Honestly, when I step in church, y'all. It's like I'm in my own little bubble. They be, I can hear the music when I get mm -hmm. to the door. I'm going to come in there snapping mm -hmm. my fingers. I'm going to come in. But it's like, I'm worshiping him. I know what I done been through. Right. Mm -hmm. exactly. Or what he done brought me to. You know, so I'm thankful for you going out and yeah. getting that. Believe me, I know it's not easy. Mm -hmm. But it, it has truly helped me to be, to, to form a relationship with him and not be religious. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I do realize that being religious caused a lot of church hurt. Mm -hmm. And I had to heal from that. So, yeah. Well, I know I've dealt with a lot of church hurt, too, even in the process of my journey, just trying to um, 
find God and know him better. And it it took me on a journey to different places. Like, you know, it's just so funny now how, um, I don't know, I guess it's like the Lord is just, I don't know if he's showing me something or I don't want to see it, but. <laughs> oh, well, I already know. You go see it. It's so funny, just over these last few weeks, I've yep. ran into my former pastor, the pastor that um, licensed me. I ran into him a couple of weeks ago. And then just even on this week, I found out that the pastor that the church I got saved in, I found, I for some reason, I happened to run across something on the social media and about the church. And I said, well, let me, let me see what's going on over there. And I found out that the pastor had passed two years ago. I'm, I'm just finding wow. this out. The pastor that in the church that I got saved, where I learned how to soul win and go out witnessing. And when I that's when I really started studying the Bible. I just thought he was the best. It was a teaching ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't, you know, a lot of times I think we come to church to be entertained. Yeah. You know, we want and there's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with, you know, wanting to feel good and, you know, all of that stuff. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think sometimes we miss the message because of all the stuff that goes on. And he was a teacher. Yeah. And he really, the way he taught the Word of God just really um, inspired me to want to learn. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I started studying because I was so intrigued with how he was yeah. teaching and how, you know, how he saw the scriptures and just his love for the Lord. Every time he would preach, he would cry. Cause he was just, you know, he, he was just so glad to be saved and to be, have an opportunity to share the gospel. So when I found out he had passed away, I was like, Oh my God, you know, <laughs> my pastor is gone. But, you know, just, just learning from him is the thing that kind of grounded me. And that's what teaching does. It grounds us in the word. It causes us to have a, a good foundation. Yeah. All the scriptures that I've learned, I learned through that ministry, mm. the base, cause it gave me my basics, my foundation. And so I think that's important too. A lot of times people don't want to take the time because they think teaching is boring, but it grounds you, you know, it mm. gives you the stuff that's going to hold you, you know, when all the fanfare is gone, yeah. it's gone, you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> but yeah. I remember having that experience with uh, Pastor Stevie Trent. Um, I feel like he was really good about like setting the foundation for the story that he was telling and then making it practical to everyday life. So it kind of created like that streamline of this is how it played out in the Bible. And then this is how sometimes it shows up in our day to day. And so that was, I think the first person I remember that really just got me intrigued to learn more. Like, okay, like this is something like you saying, I go to church and I understand like I used to that's when I started like taking my journal to church because it was like stuff that I could really apply to my day to day. Like I really struggled with the idea of like we were talking about like just going to check the boxes off. And mm -hmm. I'm not getting that out of this. So I'm much like you. I think we can all agree like mm -hmm. it's really about like learning for me. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that's been a a big part of my relationship with God, like those moments where it's, it makes so much sense. Like, okay, like this is why you ask us to do this or not do this. And this is what happens when you do do those things. And so, yeah. And I also learned to a lot of things that I had, some of the belief systems that I had 
once I actually started studying the scriptures, I realized those were just things that were handed down to me from other people. Yeah. <laughs> Had nothing to do with scripture at yeah. all. It's amazing to me some of the things that we that you know we come up with. And I'm you know, I'd be wondering what, what where we get this stuff? Mm -hmm. Where do we get Self. this stuff from? Mm -hmm. This has nothing to do with anything about God at mm -hmm. all. But we can come up with some stuff. Yeah. We really can. I know I remember you said something about somebody made a statement about, you know, they don't want the preacher to be talking about their life or whatever they do. And I'm like, if you can't see yourself in the word, then why mm. are we, what is the point? Mm. Right? Exactly. Show me me. <laughs> yeah, they said that's why they don't come to church because the preacher don't preach from the Bible. The preacher preach about people, and I'm like, well, isn't it people in the Bible? We all up in them. That's a scriptures. conviction. That's somebody that's being convicted. Yes, by we all up in them scriptures. We just got. We don't want to yeah. see ourselves. We don't sit in our own mess long enough. Right. To, yeah. And I love to. I ain't even lie to you. When you be preaching, sometimes you be hitting me all in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. And and but I don't get upset like I it's teaching yeah it's uncomfortable but it's teaching but I think it goes yeah. back to that sh daily practice like we always are looking at ourselves and seeing how we can be better and do things differently so when you are in front of somebody that's also preaching that it doesn't feel like a personal conviction it doesn't feel like that's the first time you've been exposed because you you know you ex naked so to say before yourself all the time you always you know. Um, but I'm interested to know when you talked about church, her, like, how do you, I feel like, not, I feel like you carry the role of like an evangelist and a minister. So it feels so effortless. Like you're so sure about how you show up in any, any setting you're sure about like your beliefs and how you represent God. And I feel like you show up in a way where it doesn't it doesn't bother you that people don't always agree. So how have you grown into that? Like, I know, you know, we've had conversations about it, but how have you grown into that where it's just like, I'm here? Well, it's probably through the church hurt, mm -hmm. you know, just um, realizing who I am in God. One of the things that I had to learn was who, who I am and who he's called me to be. And, Knowing the scriptures and, and what God, what he's pleased with, what he's not pleased with. And I've had to lay down my own beliefs to take up his, you know, to take up mm. the beliefs according to the word of God. And so if I know the word and I'm standing on the word, that's what gives me my confidence because I know, you know, the scripture, I know in whom I believe. Mm -hmm. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him. So when you know who and whom you believe, my confidence is in him, right? It's like coming over here today. I'm like praying, Lord, because, you know, I'm not really an impromptu speaker. I'm, I, you know, I'm quiet. I don't have a whole lot to say, right? And I'm like, Lord, if you're going to have to give me... <laughs> You have to give me the words to say. And I go through, like I was talking about being afraid and, mm -hmm. you know, scared and all that stuff. I go through that because, you know, it's just human. But then when I open my mouth, I'm trusting that he's going to mm -hmm. speak through me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've had to learn to do um, even through my journey. Just like, God, 
because I know I'm not doing anything that I do. I'm not doing it for a show. I'm not doing it to be seen. I'm doing it because of him mm-hmm. and what he has called me to do. And so I rest in that and then let the chips fall where they may. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, let the chips fall where they may. So just my confidence in him gives me the confidence to do what I do. Well, like I said, you have been an amazing influence to me. Like, I truly did not understand. And going back to what you had said, like you was married, you had children and understanding the word. Well, I've been married twice, divorced twice, with a child and just really started learning, seeking God, understanding him a year ago. And I'm not embarrassed by it. It's like you can get to know him at any point in your life. But let you never. He is not going to beg you to come to him. He is open with open arms. But like I said, with grace versus favor, like you helped me to understand that, that grace is is free and it's undeserving and favor is what you deserve. So when I started to understand that, again, that just, I don't know, it just added fuel to the fire because I was taught that as long as you did good on Sunday in church, you could be a hell, you know, all week long. Oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> Just be back right by Sunday. <laughs> and don't take communion if you drink the night before, all right? right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I, I just can't express it enough. I thank you for coming mm-hmm. back. You know, I thank you for being that one that I can call when I say, because I was telling Chantrice now that I've started a little Bible study with JJ. You know, I'll call you and be like, am I telling him right? Because I don't want him to have to reset like I did. Like I, want, like, I want him to be able to say, you know what, this is my foundation. You know, because it's it's a challenge resetting. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a challenge. And so how did you overcome church hurt? I'm probably still overcoming, <laughs> mm-hmm. overcoming church hurt. Um. Well, just I guess trusting God and and what He had for me. It's um, it's not easy, really. And you know, I think sometimes church hurt can be the most hurtful thing because you're around people that you think you know of the same faith, right? We're in this walk together. We're supposed to be loving and kind towards one another, and all of that stuff. But like you say, everybody and not in church for the same reason, mm-hmm. right? So um, some of the things I've been through, I just had to, you know, kind of like what you're doing now, Tiffany, when you're just kind of searching the scriptures to find something that gives me comfort or an answer or some kind of peace that I need to help overcome whatever situation. I mean, I've lost good friends, people I thought that were friends because I decided to go to another church. They just stopped talking to me and I'm like, Mm. So our friendship was just based on our proximity. You're right. <laughs> we see each other on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So it's like that was hurtful. You know what I mean? But, you know, just like anything else, through time, you get over it, you know, it, you, and then you move on. And then understanding your purpose, you know, like I was listening to y'all earlier, and it's one of the scriptures that came to my mind. It talks about all things work together. For good. Roman 828. Yes, I ma'am. I can get some flashcards because I don't be remembering like, ah, uh, that scripture, which one is? Everything <laughs> works together. And sometimes you you overcome it after when you look back mm. and see what that situation or event or circumstance, 
how it brought you mm. to where you are now. And sometimes that's the only way you can overcome it. Because if you had not gone through that, if you had not had to deal with that, I would not be where I am now. Because nobody would have told me 10 years ago. I would have argued and fussed them out if they told me I would be where I am now. That's not what I wanted. You know, there are days now I say that's not what. Yeah. <laughs> it's not what I want. But when I look back over my journey and I just see how God orders our steps. And we don't always understand it while we're going through it. Mm -hmm. But once we've gone through it and we can look back and see. I don't know about in my book, I did this thing about um, going up a mountain. And um, I was I, I was on, I used to travel a lot for my job. And I was in Alabama, I think it was. One of the mountainous states. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, wherever I had to go, I had to go around this mountain to get to my destination. Mm -hmm. And I remember when I when I was driving, I was at the bottom of the mountain. And I could see how the clouds, you know how you can see how the clouds kind of cover the top of the mountain. Mm -hmm. And it was like this, this mist coming from the mountain. And I just remember thinking about the glory of God when I saw it. And I was like, oh, God, just to be in your glory. Mm -hmm. And I was just driving around and around and around mm -hmm. going up that mountain. And I remember one time I got to a certain point on my journey up that mountain, I could look down and see the cars behind me. I could see the path that I had already traveled. Mm. And it's only because I was at a certain altitude or a certain place. I know I talk with my hands. <laughs> I do too. It's okay. A certain altitude or a certain place <clears throat> where I could look back and see where I came from. And so mm. sometimes our journey is taking us to a certain altitude then one day you'll be able to look back yeah. and see where you came from and know that that part was necessary in order to get here. Mm -hmm. And as I was traveling up that mountain, I remember the place that I wanted to be when I was at the bottom of the mountain, I ended up being mm -hmm. because I kept going. Even though the journey around that mountain, the roads were narrow, it was debris in the road. Sometimes I felt like I was going in the wrong direction. Yeah. These are all the thoughts that we have. In our journey with the Lord, sometimes you feel like you're going in the wrong direction. Sometimes it's debris in the road. What is going on? There's a mess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> sometimes there was a sign that said that um, there was a weight limit. Lord, and you know, I'm like, oh, am I going to be able to cross over? Am I going to have to unload some things in mm. order to get to this next place? All those things um, I encountered going around that mountain. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we got to unload some things in Ooh. order to get to a certain place in God. Sometimes the road is real narrow and you have to travel it alone. And dark. Yes. Mm -hmm. In order to get to the place that he has for us. But what's so amazing about listening to you say those things is I'm. I know that because you were so bold and willing to go on your journey and start your journey, meaning, you know, being removed from what was familiar and what everybody else was doing. That's one of the reasons why you were able to see us as we started ours and you didn't pass judgment and you create, oh my God, and you created like a safe space. Like 
when we were talking to you, I never felt like you were worried about us. Like you were looking at us like, Lord, I mercy, we didn't know where they got going. Like you were, you embraced <laughs> us for where we were. Because I've been where you all, where y'all were. Yeah. I've been, I've had the same thoughts. Like we done bought some stuff to you. And you never <laughs> once said, oh, oh <laughs> I done done some of the same yeah. things. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I've been there. So, yep. and that's why we can't judge. You yep. know, that's one of the reasons we cannot judge anybody because I could tell y'all some stories. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> but in you sharing your stories, it, it normalized it for us. Like it didn't feel like I'm going on the, well, some stuff. It was, I wouldn't say the wrong path, but you know what I mean? It was a part of the journey. It didn't feel like I'm on this isolated road. I don't, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I'm experiencing. Well, guess I'm stuck here. Like you sharing different parts of your journey made it okay to keep going. It made it okay to keep going. And, you know, you don't have that often, especially not in the church. Everybody want to be the one that done went through life and ain't never been through nothing, ain't never do nothing. And I always say I cannot identify with perfect people. I can't. So, again, like, I'm, we just going to keep saying it. Like, thank you for being that, that safe space. Like, we done had some talks. Even if you read through the scriptures, there weren't, the people that God used weren't perfect. You I don't know, know why I mean? it seemed like people missed that in the church, though. Because that's what, that's religion. That's what people are taught. You get a title. You don't even have to fulfill the responsibilities of a title because some That's people brilliant. have a title and don't even fulfill those responsibilities. Mm -hmm. But it's just like, I'm the leader. I know it all. I don't need to learn anymore. This is what I say. This is what goes. Mm -hmm. And again, you've changed that. Um, and for both of y'all, I want to commend both of y'all for helping me to get through my journey of um, church hurt. And I had to write mine down. But um, I, I had to understand decipher what you guys were telling me. I took it in. And to get over my church hurt, I realized that both of y'all have told me this, to own it, feel it. Whether you journal, mm -hmm. whether you cry, whether you have to scream. And like you told me, bro, in my life, let it break you. Mm -hmm. So that's the one thing that I had to do. And then I had to be specific on who had hurt me. So I don't say church hurt. Because the church didn't hurt me. Mm -hmm. The whole the church as a whole didn't hurt me. It was certain people mm -hmm. that hurt me. So being specific helped me to understand that. Like, for example, if you have a flat tire, you're not going to go and buy a whole nother car, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to fix the tire. Mm -hmm. So that was one thing. Those were the two. And then the third one was allowing myself to have space. And y'all helped me to realize because I needed space doesn't mean that I needed to be alone. Mm -hmm. Um, being, being in that space invites, invited me to be able to grieve the process and pro process things and to grow. And then the next step was forgiveness. I had to remember who God is and he forgave me. So how in the world do I expect right. to forgive others? How, well, how can I say I can't forgive others when God don't forgive me? Cause what he got to forgive me, you know? So, and then, you know, it's, um, it's a beautiful thing to remember um, remembering the forgiveness I received from God allows me to forgive, to move on in the relationships and communicate. And Rosina, you helped me to understand this, that just because I forgive someone doesn't mean that I have to continue on with that relationship right. or to communicate. Right. You know, and lastly, um, I did stray away from the church and I now that I've returned, I realized I've came back more wiser. 
I've came back experienced and I've come back as a living testimony. And as you had stated in Saturday school, we were talking about how scripture says that when you come back and be a living testimony, that's what God wants. He don't mm -hmm. want perfect people because there's no such thing as mm -hmm. a perfect person. So by returning, I trust God. I seek him and I'm continuing to heal. So it's, it's not easy. Y'all both know that. But I thank y'all. Like, y'all just don't understand. Thank all of y'all. Like, everybody. I just feel like it was like a circle of growth. Um, and you said something about, you said straying away from church. But I think sometimes, and correct me if I'm wrong, but part of the journey sometimes for some people has to be to walk away so that you return to your own, on your own uh, regard, I guess you could say. Because like we were saying, like, we're taught just to come to church, just show up. And you're going to get what you need. But for me, like, you know, I strayed away from church. Um, I started looking into other religions because I just needed to understand, like, my why. I needed to understand God in a way that made me want relationship. And I won't doing it for anybody else. And when we talk about church hurt, I think my conflict came in just with how I was being taught what I was being taught about the character of God. So like I was, I think God was used um, in certain ways to manipulate situations. Like, you know, if you don't do this or if you do this, like God is going to punish you or God is not going to extend his grace to you. And that was a, that was something that I had to like really understand for myself. Like God is not just sitting waiting to punish us. Like he's very loving and caring and, so I think for me, like the manipulation, the, how people use religion to manipulate people was something that I had to heal and grow from. Um, and that's why even now, like I believe in Jesus Christ, but I always say if somebody believes in something else, I'm not like, I don't feel like it's fair for me to try and force my beliefs onto them. If that's the, the entity that's keeping them, they believe it's keeping them sane and keeping them, you know, that's who they answer to. And that creates their moral compass who like, who am I? to try and enforce my beliefs on them, like leave people alone in that way. And if it's meant for them to come to Jesus, they will. But sometimes I think when we try to force stuff, like none of us want to do anything we being forced to do. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we show up like Christ, Christ that's Christ. when people say, oh, like she walk around and she's smiling all the time. Like what she, what she be doing? So that's my belief. Um, and I think part of that too is just, like I said, my experience, like, having an experience where I feel like God was being forced on me. And it wasn't that I didn't want it, I just didn't see the benefit of it. That's going back to, I feel, going back to religion versus relationship. Mm -hmm. Because I realized I've been on both sides of the spectrum. Being in religion, the end result is what? Guilt, mm -hmm. heartache, sadness, failure, no relationship with God really. Mm -hmm. But then when you have, now that I have that relationship with God, Yes, I can walk around in peace in the middle of a storm. I don't have to look like what I'm going through. Mm -hmm. You know, what does that say? You have love. You're full of peace. You're full of joy. You have freedom. And I really want people to experience that side. Like, yeah. let that religion go, y'all. Create that relationship. Mm -hmm. right. Oh, God, your homie, your father, your friend, whoever. Mm -hmm. So, I think I actually experience hurt for people that don't experience that. Like, I think we've both been places where we, like, having fun. We might be dancing. And, like, you see people, and because of the roles they carry, they might be patting their foot, and they see you looking at them, pat, they stop. Oh, my goodness. And it's like, have fun. Like, God gave us life to experience it. It's not, I don't, I don't believe that God meant for us to just be that uptight. 
Oh. Because that's relationship. That's fellowship. Like Right. And I think that's where a lot where I don't really fit in. Mm -hmm. I love it about you. I'm like, a lot of I don't fit in. When you hear music, how you do that thing around? (laughs) (laughs) I really don't because you know, there is liberty in Christ, right? You know, we've demonized so much stuff and religion has demonized so much stuff. You can't do, like the church I got saved at, I, you know, my the, my former pastor, love him, you know, God rest his soul. I got my foundation there, but they didn't believe women wearing dresses. I mean, wearing pants. Mm-hmm. And they didn't believe in watching television. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you just talking about my, my journey, um, it was just like God was giving me different things that I needed at the different places that he took me mm-hmm. to. You know, like there he gave me my foundation. But now it's like, well, Lord, I can't watch the young and the restless no more. <laughs> right. Can't go to the beach. Couldn't wear no bathing suit, so you couldn't go to the beach. You couldn't do, you know, none of that stuff. They mm-hmm. called that TV the one-eyed monster. You couldn't look at, you know, couldn't mm-hmm. go to the movies. It's like... So I couldn't couldn't really enjoy your life because we had all these rules we had to follow, right? And so then, you know, I go somewhere else and, you know, people are just, you know, just out there in the church running around because, you know, at the church I got saved, I was very conservative. Mm-hmm. And then I went the next place I went to, they running around, falling in the floor, you know. Mm-hmm. So there was a, this was another side of God mm-hmm. I got to experience. Every church is flawed. Mm-hmm. Every, I don't care what. Because people are flawed. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. So everybody got their stuff, right? But then I get to experience another side of God. I get to experience people jumping up and hollering, falling out and speaking in tongues and, mm-hmm. you know, doing all of this. And now all these people broke. <laughs> <laughs> they ain't ran into the prosperity of God. Right. <laughs> but and they in church all day long. Mm-hmm. But I got to experience another part of who God is. Mm. And so in, every time God would take me someplace else, I'd experience another part mm-hmm. of him. Right. And so until he brought me back. To where I am and trying to and now trying to share or introduce people to it's more to God than just what we see. Mm -hmm. And I think what bothers me a lot of times when people who have never been outside of their denomination or church organization judge other mm-hmm. organizations mm-hmm. or denominations. Right. Mm-hmm. And I've kind of just kind of dabbled in all of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like and, that's smart though, because you you are making an educated, uh, informed decision on like what feels right to you in your walk with God. Right. Instead of just saying, well, this is what mama said, do this is what daddy said, do this is what grandma said, do like I'm just going to do it, but not having a connection to it because you've been in a space where you, like you said, you dabbled it and you experienced God in a different way. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, once you expose, you can't, can't be unexposed, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, you know, I heard a preacher say one time, you know, we eat the meat and we spit out the bones, mm-hmm. whatever. So that's, I kind of think that's how my journey has been with that's the Lord. Same. He's taken me to these places to expose me 
to different things. I want you to get this about me here. I want yeah. you to get this about me there. You know what I mean? So that I can learn about him. And I don't know if, you know, I mean, I don't want to tell everybody go. <laughs> <laughs> but go experience. Offer be light on Sundays. <laughs> And stop putting God yeah. in this box. Yes. We put him in a box and then try to say we know him. No, you don't. Or I would even say, like, start experiencing yourself in the way that God created you to experience. Like, if you have a love for music and I forget the pattern when King George mm -hmm. play, get up and twist around in the floor. Right. Like it's like you said, it's liberty yeah. and that's fellowship. <laughs> that's yeah. So don't invite me to a party and don't think I'm not gonna dance. Yeah. I'm just saying. I listen, I agree. And I can remember as a child growing up, you see the, the church people that get out of church, everybody trying to hide that they drank it. You can't hide from God, so why are you trying to hide, hide from, from us? Scared of judgment because they ain't living in their truth. And I'm just like, mm -hmm. that, and people do it now. I'm like, <clears throat> are you serious? Mm -hmm. Everything is meant to be enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Everything. I mean, you can overeat and that's a sin. Right. right. But what we do at the funeral, homecoming, everything. Pound, cake, chicken breast, chicken thigh, ham. <laughs> you got half blood Ham. <laughs> and what did the Bible say about pork? Ham sandwiches. Don't the Bible say something about pork? When they're eating the, um, oh Lord, I'm trying to quote the scripture. We on the same page. It says something about pork. Split. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we pick and choose. Gluttony. Well, I don't think it's not nothing wrong with really eating it because... In that particular, if there is a particular scripture that talks about who had the dream, I can't remember. And then, Lord Jesus, that's okay. We don't know it all. Testament. That's a thing. Um, it may have been John or Paul. I don't know. Somebody had the dream, and the sheep fell from heaven, and it was full of all of these different types of animals that they really weren't supposed to eat. They in from the Old Testament, they couldn't eat them, and then God told them, "Why are you calling?" Um, something unclean that I've made clean. Mm, that's real too. It and was it Peter. Huh? It was Peter. I just Peter. Come on, Zach. Okay. I got you. I got you. <laughs> got us. Yeah. So, so if if pork is if you like pork, you know if it's good for you, if you want to eat it, that's fine. Mm, you know, so. just don't make it wrong for everybody else. Right. 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 So that's pretty much what the, the you know the mm -hmm. the um gist of that scripture is. You. You don't have to make it wrong just because you don't want it. Right. And I think a lot of times that's what we do. We make everything wrong because that's not what we, we, we want. To right. If that's your personal conviction, then that's your personal conviction. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. Right. Right. But then if I choose to. Leave me alone. Right. Yeah. Right. Don't be throwing no judgment on me. Right. But I think we definitely pick and choose what we want to apply to our walks with God and I think for me what's been most liberating is experiencing God in the way that he created me like I don't know I just feel like I really how can I put this like I really feel God's love when I really hone in into like my characteristics and what makes me me it's like oh like you cared that much about making me me that you made me have a sense of humor or mm -hmm. you know you made me if music come on, I'm ready to dance. Like, I just, it's just little stuff about that, about like realizing um, God's intention and in creating me that when I live it out, it's like I feel closest to God. So count me in too. If it's music, I'm dancing. Music or a car. <laughs> yeah. Room. That was just like, um, I was at a serve at a funeral 
and um, minister or a person that said they're a person of God stated that you can't find God at a car show. And that really, really rubbed me the wrong way. Because I'm like, if God is omnipresent, he's everywhere. How in the world can you not find God at a car show? You are supposed to be that Christ-like figure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if they, you know, I guess one of, a good friend of mine showed, told me one time, she said she was at work and a co-worker was, you know, praying. Or they made some kind of statement about Jesus. Where is Jesus? I want to see Jesus. And she stepped up to him. To him where he is? What? What? You know? <laughs> right. Was I mean, <laughs> he is right here. You know, he's yeah. in us. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. So if he's in us, and I'm at the car show, mm -hmm. and I'm representing him, you know, to me that person should should be wanting to go to those places to share the love of Christ. All we got to do is just share love. Mm -hmm. You know what right. I mean? And be people kind. can, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. because that, I heard, oh, I'm so sorry to cut you off. Go ahead. The car show thing, that really bothers me because Saul literally found God persecuting Christians and then mm -hmm. was turned into Paul. Right. So mm -hmm. I think that's probably a little worse than a car show, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. And, and exactly. to be honest with you, it rubbed me the wrong way because they say, when you know better, you do better. And I'm just like, are you serious here now? It's people out here, younger people listening to you. So are you going to make them feel like they are wrong mm -hmm. for going to a car show? Come on now. Like, it, it just didn't make sense to me. But, hey, everybody have their own personal opinion. Just don't try to throw it off on, on, on me or tell me that I'm wrong. Because I love a car show. Give me a love room room. Mm -hmm. Love music. I mean, think about experiences where we went to like a bar or something and literally just sat there watching the game. Somebody comes sit down, we talk to them, they say, like, I was having a really bad day. Like, I was so depressed. Yeah, that's happened like twice with me. Like, just talking and being happy and jolly. When we went to your birthday. Man, you didn't even let the man tell. I mean, literally. He had once, a Brooklyn Nets. Um, once yep, the game touched And we started talking about basketball. What was it, the Celtics or something? Mm -mm, it was when um, one of Kyrie Irving was getting traded or something, I think. And I was asking him who he thought or something like that. Right. And he just starts telling his life story. Like, imagine, like, some people do come to the bar to drink because they like, I'm so stressed, I don't know what else to do. Mm -hmm. But just because we went, like, we there to kind of talk and give them a different perspective. Not saying we know everything, but I think we're so welcoming. And then some people say, y'all at the bar, da 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 Don't like, everybody, they're going to steal you. Well, steal me. Right. Or just judging the it. fact that we sitting up at the bar. But literally, some of the best conversations about, like, life and God have happened huh? in the places that we least expected. Like, that time we went, we was all together, Maryland for your birthday. And um, shout out to Mike. I know he wouldn't mind, but met Mike there. He had just buried his mom. He was like, man, I needed this. Like, I just needed to talk. Like, how can you not, how can you say that we won't in the right place mm -hmm. to like meet somebody in their sorrow and fit in the lead saying they feel so much better? Like, it's been rough. Like, I ain't know how I was feeling. Like, I just buried my mom. Like, how can we say, yeah, that's all nice, but you shouldn't have, like, no. I refuse to accept that as, yeah. See, religion tries to win the world from the church. Mm -hmm. But you can't win the world from the church because the world's not in the church. Mm. That's Those are people we need to be getting in right. the church. Exactly. The people that's just out there like strays because they feel like they don't belong and they gonna walk in the church and somebody going to judge them, man. And nine times out of ten, they're they will. Real. Yep. Because I had um, a <laughs> yeah. that's sure real. Stuff. real. That's sad, but mm -hmm. that's why I don't care for um testimony time in church. My personal 
thing um, because I always used to see people used to get up and pour their hot out. I mean, literally crying. You see people shifting in their seat like they, mm. I wish they said that. Look at, or either after church, you heard what such and such say. I'm like, Randy, can you at least let the people get in the car first? Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or um, God bless his soul is a minister that passed away. And he told me this. He was like, let me tell you something. If I needed some help or something, he said, if I needed $20, I will go to a person at the bar and ask for $20 before I ask the church. He mm. said, because the church got to have a meeting after a meeting after mm -hmm. meeting. And you got to keep on hearing it. Because if you get that $20 from that church and go out here and buy you something new, they're going to talk about it. Mm -hmm. He said, but if you get it from a person in the bar, you ain't never hear from them no more. You, you ain't going to ever hear it again. But ain't that crazy how we try to define worthiness based on our standards when we do stuff all the time to make us not worthy to either, right. even like be in God's face at all. Right. That's crazy. Mm. That's why I say people got to understand a title is not going to get you into heaven. Mm -hmm. And I think Sarah Jakes Roberts said, like, leave these young kids alone. Like, they trying to find God just like we, I mean, some of us are still trying day by day, experiencing him in different ways. But leave the young kids well, alone. Some of them are in church and still haven't found him. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So they have a form of, you know, the scriptures say we have a form of godliness, but we ain't got no power. We don't know him. We don't know, you know, we don't understand, you know, his grace, his mercy towards us. We living in fear. That's a big one for people. And just, you know, just don't know him. <laughs> every day, every Sunday we come come to church and we worship the unknown God. Mm -hmm. Because we don't have a relationship with him. We just doing something that was handed down to us or that we think we need to do in order to have a form of righteousness, mm -hmm. you know, or, or holding up our titles, like that automatically makes you yep. righteous. Like I have people that were like almost mad at me because I tend to live my life and I'm not fearful. And like I've experienced situations where people would tell somebody, all right, well, I'm going to pray that something happened to make you realize like fear exists. I'm like, why... You read your Bible and the Bible says you ain't supposed to have fear. So why are you so concerned with making somebody fearful? Well, how is that godly? Listen, I just, I've just seen a lot, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's one of those things. Like I really, I do not, I, I mean, cause again, if God is omnipresent everywhere you go, I mean, we use discretion and we try to be, yeah, you know, mindful, not, but right. in you terms of like fear, it's just not something I've, at this point in my life, I just don't but we experience to. it in this, like, in the way most people do. And that's why I don't, I'm very insensitive about not watching the news. Like, stuff is happening around us all the time. Why do I need to know specifics on what's happening so that I can go, oh, yeah, you know, somebody got shot in, oh, that's, that's life. Well, I think I want to watch, I don't watch the news, I don't. Not because I don't watch it, because mm -hmm. I don't have cable, so I don't really mm -hmm. have access to the news. Like I have to be intentional when I watch the news. Right, <laughs> everything happens for me. Do you me. feel like you're missing anything though? When you don't, now that you don't watch it though? No, but I, sometimes I feel like I'm not in the know. I don't want to know. Sometimes you know, um, as far as like stuff that's going on, worldly events and all that stuff, because you know. I guess as a minister and as somebody who's sense. called to pray, pray. Okay. you know, I always think I need to be in that the know sense. to know how to pray about certain mm -hmm. things or to even when we have corporate prayer. These are some things, you know, that we need to pray about. So for that reason, I feel like I need to 
I never thought about it. Watch that the news and stuff. But when I pray, I, I just pray, pray for, the for the world. That's what I do. But to go back to them people that want you to be afraid or praying for something, tell them you believe in Psalms 56 3. When you're afraid, you she trust. I have all the scriptures down. I mean, who wants to be a millionaire? Christian edition. I, I told her I get some flashcards because I could give you like a, I could paraphrase it, but as far as knowing where it come from. Well, see, that's how I am. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you the verse. Mm -hmm. I know the scripture. I might I even tell you this, like, well, he had to find Peter. I'm gonna tell that. you what happened. I, that's sexy, spiritual sexy. Hey, girl, let me tell you, when you laying in that bed and said, "Lord, I'm tired of being tired," and yo, you, you said. You said you took it, told me in the scripture, mm -hmm. this is what it's going to be. And I believe you, mm -hmm. you know, and um, you helping me out. I listen to at night, like, let's say, for example, mm -hmm. having anxiety. I look, listen to the meditation music. I type in anxiety or let me go um, meditation. And I wake up listening to it, go to sleep, listen yep. to it, wake up listening to it. So that's helped me a lot. I sleep with Bible verses playing now. And I do. I wake up so refreshed because it's like you being fed that all night. Mm -hmm. And they got it where it's like specific to, um, like you said, n not having fear. And they'll uh, quote or recite all of the Bible verses that reflect that. Well, my challenge to myself is I want to learn the names of all of the books in the Bible. And I want to learn them in order. Me too, because I be flipping. Great day. I be flipping in church, boy. <laughs> you on your phone, you No, I have my Bible. Oh, in my, the Bible. And then I got my journal too, so I had to put the journal. I'd be like, where we at? I'd be looking. Should I, I sit beside somebody that's older? Because you know they know where it's at. Get them little tags. She in the back. I got Bible. those. There's so many of them. <laughs> I know what Psalms at Proverbs, and, and Revelations of Genesis, Isaiah, but them ones in the middle. Well, or the I, ones with the smaller chapters that be hidden a little bit. I know the beginning, Genesis, and the end revelation. <laughs> I mean, flipping. I mean, the bishop be reading. I be like, hold on, please. And I hate it when people, when the minute I hate it, but when the minister said, look at your navel and say, I be like this with my journal up in church. <laughs> uh huh. I be <laughs> again now. I'm a student in the church. Yes, yeah. no. But that's yeah. good. That's how we're supposed to be. We're Everybody supposed to be students. Either. We come. You know, the scripture that talks about the Bereans who, who um, listened to Paul and they went back and searched the scriptures to make sure that what he said mm -hmm. was true. That's what we're supposed to do. And, you know, as men and women called of God, yeah, you, you, you trust that they're giving you the truth, but you still need to go back and search yeah, some scriptures for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I want to ask you a question because this is something I struggle with. I don't know if we talked about it, but so let's say you are preaching and you know how some certain point certain points in the service you may feel God leading you to ask everybody in the congregation to do something specific so let's say it happens to be you tell everybody to I'm just gonna say something because I don't want to say like an exact thing and people are like well I do that so what's wrong with it? let's say you tell everybody you feel the Lord telling you to make everybody do 20 jumper jacks and let's say you have people in the congregation that don't get up and do 20 jumper jacks how, are you offended by that? Because I have learned I don't do things unless I feel led by God because I'm more mindful of the spirit of idolatry now. So, like, my idea is if I'm doing it just because this person is asking me to do it, but I don't feel it, like, am I am I trusting their voice over my relationship with God? Does that make, does that make sense? I understand what you're saying. Would you be offended by it, or how would you process that? They didn't want to do it. <laughs> 
<laughs> but would you condemn them and be like, they got the spirits, their spirit ain't right? No, I wouldn't condemn them. No. Uh-uh. That's something I've kind of struggled because I'm very adamant. It's it's uncomfortable sometimes, but like since I came across like that spirit of idolatry, I'm like, ooh. And that's but one of the things you have to ask yourself, are you doing it because or or are you not doing it because you um are fearful of being in idolatry? You know what I'm saying? Because I guess it's a thin line between, you know, some if if the preacher is moving by the spirit and and, and then they say something. But you don't know what they were there. But if you so if you're not feeling like they're moved by the spirit, you're not going to do it. Or it's just like I so I don't I personally don't believe. I don't believe God will necessarily how can I explain this? If we're all in the same place and like I know my relationship with God at this point, like I have had moments where so when I experience God, it's usually me crying. So when I'm I'm present with God and I feel the Holy Spirit, like it usually, you know, I'm a crier in church. You probably looking at it that's like, Lord, they're crying again. Like, what is going on? <laughs> so I don't I'm not necessarily a person that's gonna like run around the church. It's okay for people that do, but that's just not how I've never experienced God in that way. So for me to do something like that, and maybe I just haven't, that's something I will experience one day, but it will feel very unnatural and almost um, theatrical for me to participate in something like that. But then I would be the person, I have been the person before when that has come from the person in charge to do that. I'm like, see y'all when y'all get back to y'all seat, <laughs> I'm gonna sit here and cry. Mm -hmm. Cause I feel God, but I just don't feel him in that way. Can I, can I? Now, <clears throat> it was uh, it was something from PD, and he was saying everybody don't worship the same. I remember that sermon. And he said people, mm -hmm. some people are clappers, some people are stompers, some people um, are shouters, some people raise their hand. You know, so you get a haze, a, a raised hand in a crowd of me. Because for That's me, I like I said, when I get in church, I really don't see people. I, mm -hmm. I mean, honestly, and, and nine times out of ten, and no offense, bro. But I rarely even see you. I listen to the word because you could be talking and I'm writing. Right down, yeah. Because I sometimes have looked out in my my peripheral and I see people looking at looking me. Looking like, at, yeah. Like, what they writing? writing? Right. <laughs> what they writing? <laughs> you want a copy of it? I make a copy. Right. And, and I'm the type <laughs> that I talk back to, to, to them. Like, if I feel, I'll be like, come on now, or something like that. And some people look. So I just feel like everybody worship him differently. And I, like, I agree with that, but I do know in some instances, like people will see that as, oh, you got the spirit of something, something in you because you ain't moved by. So I was like, you answered my question, but that's still something that I observe in different spaces. Yeah, well, I, I <clears throat> guess I'm just saying, are we, are you doing it just because they said to do it? It's like, it was something that I felt like, I don't feel this, like I don't want to do it because I don't feel it. And then I learned about the spirit of idolatry and then it, it made a connection. Oops, it made a connection for me in that way. How we have to be so mindful. Like you can, self-idolatry is a thing too. So like I'm mindful of that too. Like we get so proud of the things that we do and who we think we are that we forget. Like God is giving you this. Like it's not about you. So just that idea of idolatry in general. But then when I was reading more about it, I started to see those instances as even more of a reason why I want to be mindful of like just not going along. You know what I mean? To be a part of whatever is happening and to really respond to the spirit of God when I feel it. Well, I guess, I guess I'm trying to understand when you say idolatry, mm -hmm. 
you know, because that's something you put, anything that you put above, above God. Right. Right. So how is mm -hmm. it idolatry if, if like, if the preacher says, come on, everybody clap their hands. Well, I'm not going to do it because he said to do it or I don't feel like I've, doing I've it. seen it in a more drastic way. But again, I don't want to be specific because, you know what I mean? Like, we're going to use the jumping jack example. Like, people could be just like, like we saying, sitting down, writing your journal and the pastor that get up and do jumping jacks. Oh, oh. Do jumper jacks. Like, it's almost a knee-jerk reaction because of who is saying it, not necessarily because you were sitting there like, I want to do some jumper jacks. Like, I want to... So that's just kind of something. Going back to the idea of religion. Like, I, I don't know. I just always well, wondered how you would perceive that. Because I know I've also seen, like, on TV and stuff, when, a, like, if people didn't react in a certain way, it was like, oh, I'm bringing them up. Got to pray for them, like... Well, I guess the only thing I can that comes to my mind, um, and an example that I have at a church I was involved in, they would always have praise and worship. Now I love worship, mm -hmm. right? And praise and worship will be going on, and everybody's just like just caught up in the worship, worshiping the Lord or whatever. And then all of a sudden, they stop everything because now the minister, the pastor's marching in. Right. So we got to stop worshiping God. Right. So that you can make your entrance. Right. You know, to me, yeah. that's kind of a form of like, okay, so you didn't want it. First of all, you should have been in here. Right. <laughs> My thing, you should have been in here with us. Right. Worshiping. But now we got to stop everything so that, you know, we can stand. Pushing the program. Like now we got to get to the program. Right. Now we got to stand and wait for you to come in and sit down and everything has to stop. Now that you're here, we can start it back up. I, to me, mm -hmm. that's a form of idolatry because they put the entrance of a man above the worship mm -hmm. of God. And I never did like that. Yeah. Now, me personally, that's something that, I mean, I'm not saying I do it just to be an outlaw or anything, but I don't know if it's, just, is it, if it's is it religion that you're supposed to stay in. I notice in our church you stay in when the pastor comes to the pulpit. I don't. And I be seeing people look at me like, girl. But I, I just don't. But Well, I think it's a thing of honor. Okay. You know, honor and respect. Because we do it for judges. When yeah, judge, that, yeah. You know, we stand up for the judge when they come in. And so it's just, you know, just a place of honor and respect. So I guess that's the thing I'm trying to understand even when, you know, your situation is it, you know, is it a situation where Like rebellion you, almost? Yeah, so are we just not doing it because it's a man or? It's just one of those things I think I've experienced so much religion throughout my life. Like, I try to make sure I'm maintaining, like, I don't, I am almost afraid to get back to the point where, like, I'm experiencing religion because that wasn't a good time for me. Like, I just felt so disconnected from God. And I've, I've gotten to a place where I'm comfortable in experience. Like how I feel like God speaks to me, I feel like that's something I have to stand in to not ever veer back to that place where I'm allowing other people's experience of God to like um, motive or move me. Like, okay, if you're not experiencing God in that way, you're not doing it right, so you need to do that kind of thing. Okay, so yeah, yeah. But I know that's not something that a lot of people agree with, and I think that that is one of the reasons why I stand so firm in it because I'm like. If I'm going to break through the idea of religion, it's not going to be comfortable, but I have to, like, I have to be comfortable in not doing that. But I don't ever want, I can't even say I don't want somebody to feel like that because I, 
I don't want to say I don't care because that's why I asked you. But I trust your I trust your leadership in a way that like I don't feel like you would tell me anything wrong or mm-hmm. like I feel like you're very open to the idea of no people don't experience religion in the same way. So that's why I wanted to ask you. Right. So did I answer the question? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you did. <laughs> I'm going to be sitting and weeping. Uh-huh. Jesus wept. Chantree's going to weep too. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'd be crying and crying. Wrong with that. Well, ladies, we're going to about wrap this up. And, bro, at the end of every episode, mm-hmm. we ask, where do you place this? Where do you place what we talked about today in your hyphen? Where do you place it? Where do you place it in your hyphen? Where I place what we talked about today? Mm-hmm. Well, I never thought I'd be doing this, so this is a <laughs> I had a lot of um thoughts that go through my mind, that went through my my mind as just, you know, thinking about doing this and dealing with a lot of my own self-conscious stuff. And so just even being able to overcome my own fears. Mm-hmm. So I overcoming and still trusting that no matter where I am, no matter what situation I'm dealing with, that I can still trust God that he's going to give me whatever it is I need to say. And he's going to give me the strength and the confidence to do it. Mm-hmm. So that's why is that, mm-hmm. is that the hyphen thing? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. So that's where I will place my hyphen. It's, so even this experience has given me even greater confidence in who God is in my life. I like that. Zach? Yeah, I think a big takeaway in the hyphen would be, like, God doesn't require or ask us to be perfect because that's impossible. What he does ask of us is to seek him, constantly try to get, you know, an improved relationship with him and just, Seek him, seek his words, seek answers, ask questions. I think that's what we did today. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to place my hyphen on uh, today's episode and how that applies to uh, what I just said. See? I want to say for me, let the church hurt deepen your faith, not kill your faith. I like that. And I think I would say kind of to piggyback off of what Ro was saying, like... <clears throat> Everybody's assignment is different. And so I have to be continue to be confident in understanding that if it wasn't given to the person to my left or my right, they're not meant to understand it. So like we were talking about how we see ministry as being, it doesn't just start and stop in the church, like being in Walmart, being at a bar or something. And that opportunity comes to present God in a different light, like really being confident in that because people, not everybody will understand that and those are not the people that that's called to do that and that's okay and I will say for me you know I realize that this platform that we're on that we're doing we may not have the big followers or whatever that we would like to have but I do feel like that we are spreading God's love his word because people love confusion. And I know God is not the author of confusion. Mm-hmm. He's the author of peace and of love. And we're going to reach the ones that we're supposed mm-hmm. to reach. So, And I know, too, like God ain't going to give us nothing we can't. He's not going to give us the big, bigger platform until we're ready for it. And that's something that I, like, I rest my confidence there. Like, knowing he's still doing the work in us for whatever reason. 
And that's and we ain't ready for it. And, and I'm con- like, I am okay with saying that. You know, people won't say that. Like, nah, I will keep working that. on me. And that's what I listened to with PD on Sunday. He was saying that God does not make your problems smaller. He makes you bigger. Mm. So every experience that you go through is nothing but preparing you for. Because, you know, we could be on this big platform, but are we ready for? Look how the, the, one of the first episodes, mm-hmm. it went viral. We were about stress. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like God's just preparing us. Mm-hmm. So. But thank you so much. This is special. I think y'all are doing such a wonderful job. And I did want to commend you both. For spreading love through the highways, airways, (laughs) but ain't gonna say all the ways, but (laughs) but spreading love and being consistent and steadfast, and I think that's the key to even as you're growing. Mm -hmm. You know, the scripture talks about being steadfast, yeah, unmovable, Mm. always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor. Is not in vain in the Lord. So as long as it's in the Lord, it's not in vain. And you're reaching, y'all are encouraging many people and even encouraging people to begin to be open and share. Yeah. And understand that you can be a Christian and still enjoy your life. Mm-hmm. I just I appreciate you for seeing us. Yes. Like, I mean, for being a person that, well, just text me, y'all make it to the house. Whatever <laughs> y'all. <laughs> It really being like up and be like, okay, y'all home now. What is the like? I just thank you for seeing us and for always holding that space of non like being non judgmental and thank telling you. us what we need yeah. to hear and not what we want to hear. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you something, no, you showing up got me when you told me Tiffany love. You gonna have to let it break you. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. I can only imagine because he wrote get that neck. <laughs> You gonna have to let it break you. That's it. That's it. I'm like, I did not want to. And I wrap it up. I remember she was the first person to ask me. I was talking about how uh, this was back and whenever I was talking about how so emotionally unavailable. She was like, Well, are you emotionally available? I was like, oh. <laughs> When you put it like that, are you ready for a relationship? This tough woman. I was like, But Ro was the first person like really say that, and she said it in such a loving way. Right. But it it like really made me sit down and start processing. I'm like, Oh, okay. But y'all, we go on this thing because we yeah. like to talk. We'll talk the lines off a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> Love you. Talk to y'all later. <laughs> Bye.